My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Hey folks, welcome to Friday. You made it to the end of the week and we give you a special reward because we make it fun. We sports it up. I'm here with my buddies here, uh, the round table of fellas I will introduce you to so you know uh, who, well, you know who to email. <laughs> Don't email me. I can't be responsible for these guys. Let me just give you a rundown of who we've got here. Now, we call him Encyclopedia Rich. He's an encyclopedia of all sports knowledge. He is a veteran sports reporter, and he is my friend, Encyclopedia Rich. Encyclopedia Rich. The Encyclopedia. Oh, what a guy, man. Of athlete in the game of life, he will stretch you and strengthen you to be a better you. It is Matt Peel. What, what a guy! What a guy! What a guy! photographer, author of Breaking Yesterday, a crazy, crazy good sci-fi book, Brent Author, R. photographer, Baker. Brent R. Baker. Yep, that's right. Well, so what, I wanna, what I want to know is, did he get a, did he get a uh, call from Netflix yet? That's what I want to know. I turned him down. <laughs> What I wanted to start with today is, well, the end of it all, the 2020 Olympics. closed out closing ceremonies happened this last week and interestingly enough i just wanted to say congratulations to the united states because we edged out china we won it all we took most medals most goals i mean gold um, gold medals uh, i want to give you the official count we i mean astoundingly 30, we had 113 medals. China had 88, and that's overall. We had 39 gold, 41 bronze, and 33 silver. Congratulations, USA. It was a good year for you. Did anyone see the closing ceremonies? Yes, Michelle, and uh, Johnny Ware's outfit was better than anything that they put on the screen. <laughs> So the closing <laughs> ceremonies there hit the lowest viewership ever for NBC. Uh, the Tokyo Games actually face-planted <laughs> to the worst results NBC has had since it started broadcasting the Summer Olympics back in Seoul, Korea. And for actually, me, 19, actually 1988, Michelle, 1988. but you're, you're close. Thank you, Mr. Encyclopedia. Uh, so funny thing, though, to me, watching the closing ceremonies, was it, was, it just felt like a, a frat party to me. You know, it was just like, hey, here we are. Let's get selfies. Let's make cute poses. And it was like, this, why Why would I watch this? And some of it was uh, COVID protocol. Athletes were re 
required to get out of here 48 hours after their event ended. So many of the big stars had already gone home, frat party atmosphere, selfies, all of that. But as you mentioned, Rich, uh, Johnny Rare uh, was really the most interesting thing in the entire uh, closing ceremonies. I'm showing a picture on the screen of his outfit, complete with bouffant hairdo and an Asian-inspired kind of an outfit. He has a lovely hairpiece that is fashioned out of uh, something that is Olympic-esque and interesting. Well, in all seriousness, I got to give him props because he seemed to be the only one that was really interested in what they were do, what he was doing. And yet, because Tara, Tara Lipinski can't even look at the camera without uh, staring off into space. And uh, Terry Gannon, I don't know where he's he was. Gentlemen, get in on get in on this. I don't want to seem like I'm bashing these guys, but it's a very easy target. <laughs> I, I think uh, Michelle answered it for me when she says the lowest viewed and my TV was not on. So like, there you go. Watch it? There was nothing. Why am I going to watch something again without fans? Yeah, no I, could, desire. I could go just about anywhere millennials hang out and see the exact same thing. People wandering around uh, everywhere. There's a camera posing and taking selfies. You know, that's that's anywhere a millennial goes, you know, or or Gen Z, I should say. Millennials are starting to grow up a little bit and uh, starting they're reproducing and they have more important things to think about. Uh, I wanted to mention like reproducing? Uh, <laughs> because uh, this was something that Jenna Elias uh had tweeted hashtag woke olympics closing ceremony she said uh how appropriate and utterly embarrassing about his outfit she tweeted that it she tweeted this bring back the days when boys cared about growing up to be actual actual men biblical masculinity over woke fragility and i just didn't think that was a, a I mean, I'm all for what she said. Yeah, that's great. But applied to his costume, I mean, he's not wearing a dress. He's actually wearing a toga. So it's actually appropriate if you consider the Olympic history uh, of uh, Roman times and so on and so forth. If you want to stretch it that far, it's 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 entertainment. The closing ceremonies are entertainment. NBC's got to try to get something out of this because they started doing makeup commercials halfway through the broadcast because they averaged 15.6 or 15.7 million, depending on your news source, uh, watching the Olympics every night, which is the lowest point, which is the lowest uh, percentage of households since I believe 1998 in Nagano, which had 19.8 million, and of the 15 lowest-rated nights in Olympic history as far as television coverage, Tokyo had 13 of them. Yeah, I think there's <clears throat> there was a lot of reasons for for the faceplant of of viewership here. I mean, I think we certainly have all of the political stuff going on around it. The, the woke Olympics, as, as you mentioned. Um, I also think NBC just, I, I mean, I, I, they understand that the way people watch sports are changing, but they spent so much time driving, trying to drive people to their, their Peacock app 
and not telling you when things are on, when you could see them, where you could see them. And then when you did have the TV broadcast in the evening, most of the time you already knew what had happened. So it was the way they produced it was worthless. Mm-hmm. So I, I really felt people, like the way they put this whole of, thing together. There was a lot, a lot of hype where you saw other countries reporting. They got into personal stories that I thought were a little bit more interesting that brought bring in a, a wider audience. And I think think that they didn't always do a great job of explaining some of the sports. We've talked every week about some of the obscure sports that are fun to watch, the sports that maybe aren't the big ones here in the United States. They Mm -hmm. didn't always talk about how they score, what they're trying to do. So you had to try to learn as you go. That doesn't really build audience, in my opinion. No, it doesn't, Michelle. And and you've you've got to have that actual sport on the screen and this is where it's a cooperation between the play-by-play announcer of the the minor sport or not so very known sport and the color commentator of also said sport that's the job of the color commentator of a tin and make you familiar and make you knowledgeable so you will stay and watch that sport I think part of the problem, yeah, I think part of the problem with, with, I mean, you're totally right. I think part of the reason that why that didn't work so well is that the color commentators don't get a lot of chances to do this for that sport. So like, I mean, we were, we actually really got into the archery and I think it was Japan and Netherlands or something. And that I felt they actually explained what was going on. But if you have a sport that's only on TV once every four years, your color commentators, it's not like. Um, I mean, gymnastics, it gets widely viewed once every four years, but it's still, they have broadcasts on periodically every year, national and world championships and stuff, but things like archery or curling where they're only broadcast every four years. I think you're running you a thing where, okay, you have an athlete where you know something, but you don't have experience sitting there in the booth and having to talk live about it. And I think that's, that's where we run into some of the, some of the issues that and in addition they are so in the know they're talking to a smaller audience it's as though it, it's insular so i know this so they forget well. what their you audience always... doesn't know yeah yeah so your thoughts matt my thoughts were it was the most forgettable olympics <laughs> i've ever been not it's easy to forget what you haven't watched <laughs> yeah yeah, and when, again, for it's just really disappointing for me because the Olympics are a true, you know, it's celebrates the athlete, uh, all all types of coordination levels, mm-hmm. mobility, flexibility, strength, speed, everything that I enjoy about being an athlete, and I could just could care less uh, about seeing any of it this, you know, I would say this year, but this this time. Plus, yeah, it's a year was late. That? What you know, was it behind that? Oh. You know, there's that sneezing fluey thing out there that they call COVID. That's why it was a year late. So it's well, kind NBC of took just the, it took the it it took your breath away in a balloon. bad way. Yeah. <laughs> it took all the air yeah. out. Uh, well, uh, it, it deflated the Olympics, so to speak. I, I think that. this is Matt's point. NBC did nothing to re-energize its audience prior to the fact that the the Olympics were ramping up. They they okay. did they did nothing. The only I mean, thing I, we heard about was, are they even going to happen? Right up until 
the week before the, it's like the day of. ceremonies. Yeah, is yeah we talked about going to happen. So we talked about that on the show. Yeah, yeah. So there's your two thumbs down from Siskel and Ebert uh, on the Olympics for that. So how are you going to get excited if the only excitement is is even going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... I think I lost yeah. my train of thought. There you go. <laughs> but no, no, no. I you must be working for NBC. I remember talking to somebody like three days in. Uh, oh, the Olympics are going on. So that's, you know, that's how bad it was, is that after they started, people still didn't even know that they actually were happening. Yeah. Oh. It, th- I guess that, that takes a little bit of the air out of it as well. Um, I think the fa- lack of fans uh, de-energized it as well. You know, they're playing to empty stadiums and there was no, you know, it just takes a lot of that enthusiasm out of it. I guess that's where um, I want to talk about the fan experience. Um, Matt, there in Narlands, where you're near, you're in Louisiana. Uh, my birth town is Narlands. Hello. But uh the mayor has now mandated a vaccine passport or 24-hour negative test for all indoor activities. And that's going to the stadium, going to a game. That I really get. But, my gosh, bars, gyms, uh, restaurants, uh, man, that's that's going to require an awful lot of testing. And we also know that some of the testings, uh, in, the main test Uh, venue in particular is being canceled as of the end of this year because it gives too many false positives so it just seems like a lot of mayhem i want to get your thoughts on this i I, you know i I will never tell someone don't get or get or or not get shot that that's up to you i think that's the whole point this is it's up to you uh so the new orleans area especially our team you know the saints are very regional. We're not like Seattle in the sense where every most people I'm going to go under this assumption come from at least the state of Washington, like to watch or close to that area. The New Orleans Saints pull from Alabama. They pull from Mississippi. Uh, they pull from all over Louisiana, even pull in from Texas. People come Good into point. the games. So now you're talking in the Panhandle, Florida. So now you're talking four different states that really draw to this team that each state and each city now has different rules and different laws and, and um, cultures. So you're forcing even more now, and I get that from the far left standpoint, but you're now you're, you're forcing all these people who don't even live in the area, you have to now comply to this small tiny box if you even want to come in to this game or if you even want to come stay in the hotel. You know, think of all the revenue that comes in when people come in from out of town, they stay at hotels, they eat in the restaurants, they buy different things. So it's a huge moneymaker. And, and now you're really restricting that, I think, that flow of cash and tax dollars into the lifeblood of the economy. Uh, one thing that I will say, uh, having a test uh, can be a little bit better than just saying you have to be vaccinated. You know, I've said it again and again on all of the My Michelle Live podcasts that anything that can result in death should never be forced on the public. It should be a choice. If I want to take that risk, that's completely up, should be completely up to me, not the government uh, and not people who are benefiting from it. Um, 
having had COVID, uh, I was telling Matt before the show, the average person who gets vaccinated and uh, you can go and get a, an antibodies test. Your antibodies count is averaging about 50. That means you have some level of protection. Do you want to know after COVID what uh, the test came back as? 16,500. So you know what? Uh, (laughs) It's like I have super immunity or something. But I mentioned this, and I'm going to show this on the screen for our audience, that uh, as far as testing those concerned for COVID, not for antibodies, the CDC's RT-PCR test for SARS-CoV-2 is going to be withdrawn. The uh, Food and Drug Administration is withdrawing their request for emergency use because it gives too many false positives. And by nature of this test, gentlemen, uh, and this is really important when you think about how it affects players in the NFL. Uh, There was another uh, case recently. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember who it was that uh, came out. I'll get there. At any rate, uh, there's too many false positives. and, And if the test is is tweaked just right, you can find a molecule of COVID and anyone, everyone, there's not any molecule of anything you wouldn't be able to find in your body. doesn't mean that you have it. So I say all that in this long speech just to say there's some issues with testing and it just continues to show that we are an absolute mayhem guys absolute mayhem i think it was it came to me it was in the yankees i think it was anthony rizzo that tested positive this last week was that it yes it was and there's all different kinds of different things lamar jackson of the baltimore ravens is tested oh yes tested twice for covid and Kirk cousins is getting a bunch of flack for not getting vaccinated but Lamar Jackson does not receive a lot of uh, flack for the very same thing, not, you know, not getting vaccinated. So, yeah, the, I know the that reactions Raul Rui the, Diaz in all the, over the map, the, all over the map. Raul Rui Diaz um, of the Seattle Sounders supposedly had COVID twice. And now they're saying, yeah, it's likely people didn't have COVID. It's likely they were sick of something. They had some symptoms. They may have had the flu, but that they don't think that people can get it twice what's really happening is this particular test just shows a a lot of false positives so we really we're shooting ourselves in the foot and with the nfl having that new strict guidelines that if there's an outbreak in your team the one the team that has the most unvaccinated are going to have to pay wow how fair is that when we have all these breakout cases you know, one of the things that strikes me as interesting about all of this is that we've spent several years before the virus, um, not so much in the sports world, but politically talking about the importance of giving consent. And usually it's talking about in sexual terms, but basically that you have the right to decline to have someone treat your body in a way that you don't want to be treated. And now with this, where is the consent with these vaccine mandates? Well, you there's are also the my forcing- body, my choice. Yeah, well, it's, it's the same kind of thing, it, but you're, you're, you're forcing a medical procedure upon me, which I might be much more willing to, to choose to do for myself if I weren't being told that I had to or I was going to be consigned to a second, second rung of society, which is you know what, what's being created here.
So yeah, so I guess your kind ain't welcome you wanna, here. You don't want to. You don't want to get. You don't want to get jabbed. You don't get to go to see the Hawks or the Saints or or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's a case of intellectual and moral superiority by a very few people, and that, if we look back at history, has always been dangerous. This is a mic. Time to drop it. Nice job. You're right on, Rich. <laughs> totally right on. So um, proof of vaccination or a negative test, um, I appreciate at least that there's that option for a negative test there in Louisiana where we're not seeing that in other parts of the country, Matt. Uh, it's just like you're vaccinated or you're not welcome here. Your kind ain't welcome. Uh, and-, yeah, and, and again, this just this is in just in New Orleans itself, which is also the parish or the county. The city of New Orleans and the county that is in are one and the same. The boundaries are exactly the same. So you, which is not really very big in geography, you know, you step outside on the other side of the, the canal or, or across the street, you can do whatever you want. You know, there, there are no do. mandates for anything. And I'm not going to lie. They're flying. They're, people they are leaving <laughs> yep. the city itself that live in the city to go other places to enjoy a bite to eat. Yeah, and they will. Another fan experience thing that I wanted to talk about, guys, did you know that uh, while you were getting your stadium dog and your ice cold beer at the game, you can also do a little sports betting. Arizona Cardinals will become the first NFL team uh, to announce plans for sports books at stadiums. Did you hear that story? Yeah, bet MGM is licking their chops right now with a a, a contract (laughs) that they just signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, my question is, can the Arizona Cardinals learn how to play defense so that the Arizona fans can take advantage of the fact that they can bet on uh, games at the uh, sports book? So what's going to be sold out, the sports book or the stadium? Right. <laughs> well, well, if you well, can't get you, into you, the I think stadium, you'll get into a situation where you got fans betting against their own teams or, or cheering against their own hey, teams because of the based on the Cardinals' defense, I'd bet against them too. Yeah, All right, that happens every week in fantasy. You you, you cheer against it, your own team. It, That's it, why I can't do fantasy sports. But um, I I, I set my I try to set mine up a little differently than, so I don't get caught in those situations. Well, what do you think about that? Do you think there's a place for that? I mean, it's happening anyway. Is it really a big, a big problem? Is there a moral problem? Is there? I mean, what what do you guys think? Well, I think the NFL finally go ahead, Matt. Cow of that. That's that's why they're allowing it. Then instead of trying they to don't fight care it, about the m- m- saying, yeah, they don't well, care about the morality. It's all standards. Yeah, Matt. It Matt. Good point. Good point because. To the, to the NFL, basically, let's look at this. Let's go back to something you brought up just a second ago, fantasy sports. To the NFL, this is another example of fantasy sports. To inter- For the fans to interact and to get to know the players, get to know the product, the whole thing, be immersed in the experience. That's what it's all about. Right. I mean, immersed, with your, in, immersed with your money, for sure. <laughs> yep. Which, you know, it's yep. not enough to – it's not enough to that would cost – 700 bucks to go to a game if you especially if you have a family but now you can drop drop it lose another thousand uh trying to get it back right (laughs) hey if i bet at the sports book i want every hot dog free (laughs) good luck with that come on come on but do you guys think there's a a moral issue there or a danger i mean no 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 
not, not, none whatsoever. Okay. Well, as a Christian, Michelle, you know, God provides for all of our needs. So I'm not, so I'm not going to throw away the money that God provided for my needs, uh, to enrich the NFL in a sports book. Yeah, but you'll throw away the money to go and see a game. You know, it's, I guess for some, I get that gambling can be an addiction, uh, for a lot of people, um, they'll set aside, uh, a hundred bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you go into a casino, 20 bucks slot machine, 20 bucks is gone. It's gone. You win, you win, you don't, you don't. Um, so it, for some, it's just entertainment, but is it? So that's going to be interesting to watch that debate play out. Uh, talking about the player's experience as well. Uh, the NFL is going to strictly enforce taunting this season as a point of emphasis for officials so you know you trash oh my God, talk if they don't have taunting, enough to do already <laughs> right i have posted yeah. this meme guys uh recently uh, on my facebook page and it's two announcers in the booth at an nfl game it's called the new nfl it's not the knee it appears his feelings have been hurt and they've called the new 15 yard butt hurt penalty the psychologist is attending him on the field right now you know is that what we're getting to i, I think we're all just speechless on that one because the answer is uh, that's sports that's sports so they've, they've tried to do this at different times throughout the nfl history taunting and i get it you know you don't want to you're not going to stand over someone after you maybe knocked them unconscious with a hit but it's too far too far. Where's a violin? Where's the smallest violin in the world, right? The officials got better things to do with their time. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe actually call a pass interference penalty that actually happens. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Anyway, I mean, come on. I, I just, is taunting really part of the, the game? Does it really need to be? Can't we just be nice to each other? Or is this just, come on, get over it? You know, harden your, your skin. I mean, we saw this in the Olympics where they were talking about mental health and Simone Biles, and I just can't handle it. Even Josh, uh, who isn't with us today, uh, was giving his millennial report and saying, well, I understand that, you know, if she's not in the frame of mind, she could be hurt. You know what? Back in the day, I think it helped me, Encyclopedia Rich, Dorothy Hamill. I mean, she... 1976. Performed... And did an astounding routine when she was. I don't know what the specific injury was, but I know that she was she was not 100. percent And we and all we have to do is go to 1996 and Carrie Strug in the vault. She barely could she barely could walk, and performed a vault that at that time, according to the scoring that they knew at that point, Bella Caroli and the team thought You're talking that Mary she. Lou thought that she needed to perform Carrie Strug thought that she needed to perform and she went out there and basically on torn ligaments performed a vault that helped the team win the gold medal at the 1996 1996 Atlanta Olympics I mean so people make sacrifices all the time now we understand that mental health is important but not everything is mental health. This is my problem with this whole situation. 
not everything is mental health and too many people are drawing a broad brush and that is also brushing over people who need real mental health and real assistance mm. and it's not the, the twisties is not mental health tim daggett explained what the twisties <laughs> were on the broadcast and there was no mention of mental health in his description whatsoever and my wife if she was here would back me up on this this is the twisties is a neurological physical ailment that sometimes um affects gymnasts and simone biles i'm just going to say it had ample time to withdraw from the competition before any of this mess ever started because she talked about that morning, that day, prior to the competition, having issues. So she should have never been on, never been in that arena, and gotten to that point. Well, is Russell Wilson before y'all go to the Super Bowl say, ah, oh, you know, I'm really just need a hug today. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can go out and play it. against Peyton Manning. My feelings, I'm feeling a little verklempt in the moment here hey, can you do that so, when you go uh, to work matt can you just call and say you know i'm not feeling it today you don't get paid i think with russell the the bigger risk is that he'll get taunted after he gets sacked oh yes so, that, yeah you know, he's gonna cry so, so gonna there cry. there there well then he might say something about getting tired yeah. of, of getting bring on the anyway, psychologist I, on is, the... We, we started off though yeah with the, with the taunting in the nfl thing and I mean, I think there are limitations. I remember the the Miami Hurricanes teams back in the eighties. Oh took yeah, to to a whole different level, and I and that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff, I crossed the line for me. But it's like you know, you play pickup basketball, you go wherever you go. It's like there is trash talk. Hey, brother, 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 brother. Hey, brother, 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 brother. I mean, this is part of part of competition. That stuff is taken care of on the field, is what I'm going to say, Brent. Yeah, and. We're going to see that this year when the Kraken start playing hockey, they take care of that kind of stuff. Hockey, and you we, know what? hockey is the gold standard of uh, suck it up. And I, I want to play off of what you just said in just a moment, but let me kind of end that idea with this. Uh, the deeper story to sports and the reason why a lot of us are so drawn to it is because of that struggle. It's not because I give up. It's not because I walked away. It's not because my feelings are hurt. It's not because some jerk in the stand makes a racial slur at me, which, you know, is unconscionable. It's because I suck up and I play hard and I have something to look back at them and say, yeah. What you got to say now, right? It's about overcoming, and that's the inspiration there. But I wanted to say this about NHL. Did you know, uh, just for those who are maybe new to my Michelle Live all over the world, uh, we have our roots in uh, a broadcast that was on the air for years in the greater Seattle area where uh, it was an afternoon drive show, and now it's evolved to this worldwide platform. But... Once in a while, you'll hear some Seattle biases from a few of the people here on the round table. Oh, let me no. just let me what? just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cry me a river. Uh, but let me just Thank say you, Matt, uh, for representing representing the rest of the world for us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. 
I'm there here is, for you, Wolf Wide Web. This is why I exist. Internet, I am for you. <laughs> Rich Holstrom, after off of what you said about the Seattle Kraken, which is the newest addition to the NHL, did you know they haven't even played a game yet, but they've already beat the Islanders? Do you know how? I guess it's in jersey sales and uh, merchandising. I don't I'm going to guess that. that. That may be, but the Kraken, having not played a single game in the NHL, have more followers on Facebook than the Islanders. Kraken, 413,000 followers. The Islanders, 39,000. So there you go. And speaking of It's hockey, the curse of Cuomo. It's the curse of Cuomo. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Resign away. Uh, speaking of the NHL, though, um, the the next season is going to be absolute mayhem because of the Winter Olympics, Rich. Uh, yes, they've got two plans in place. Plan A, NHL players are going to compete February 7th through February 22nd. But they haven't reached agreement on whether... NHL players are going to play, so they have a plan B for the schedule. Uh, one real interesting fact is a lot of teams have already uh, worked out their entire traveling plans for the year for the regular schedule. So if teams do not, if NHL players do not end up playing in the Olympics, then they've got to rework all of those plans because they will have an alternate schedule and vice versa wait i'm lost can you start over <laughs> just kidding uh no i'm not in politics i can't uh, babble on like that so we'll have so we'll just have to go with my explanation and just let things <laughs> just, flow just let it go let it go it's crazy so uh COVID's not going anywhere and the craziness it's caused isn't going anywhere this is the world as we know it now uh speaking of the world uh the uh there's a few soccer stories i wanted to take on um i I am pretty excited. The U.S. men's national team had that uh, Gold Cup win over Mexico. Uh, FIFA World Ranking, they're in the top 10. That's pretty exciting. Uh, and Leaks Cup is taking on a smaller part of the world. It's an annual yes. soccer competition uh, between clubs like uh, Major League Soccer Clubs and, and Liga um, MX. Yeah, Liga MX. And it's all North America. Well, it, it started, this cup started in 2019 with four teams from from Liga, four teams from MLS. And uh, it was kind of exciting to watch this week. I have a couple of questions, though. Okay, first of all, we have Sporting KC, New York City, Orlando, and Seattle representing MLS. And then we have uh, Lyon. Tigres, Pumas, and then where does Santa Santos Laguna fit in? We need another cat, you know, El Gatos or something. <laughs> I mean, we have lions, tigers, Pumas, oh my. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, there's that Seattle connection again. Seattle was the only MLS team to actually win, and they had a pretty impressive uh, home game with a uh, 3-0 over Tigris, so that was pretty cool. And Michelle, I'm going to ask you a question. You yeah. think Is that the Sounders' best effort this year? 
Oh, my gosh. Did you see the Sounders play the entire year? Uh, they have had spectacular start up until the last, like, three or four games. There's a lot of reasons for that. Nico Ladero is back, and that's all great. Uh, I just think it's shades of things to come. So it may be one of the best one of the best efforts. The best? I don't know. But another story is uh, Lionel Messi is uh, leaving Barcelona, and that was a big story as well. Well, he's not going to be... He's not going to be poor. PSG is going to put the green on the table, and uh, I think he can afford to take us out to dinner for the next 50 to 100 years. Well, he, he could afford to take us all on a trip around the world before he even signed this contract. You think and he's going to much money that guy should we, should we ask him about that? Sure. Give him a call. <laughs> Text him right now. What do, you think hey. this, what do you think this contract does for the popularity of uh, – soccer internationally and do you think it affects soccer in any way in the united states because all of the all of the international leagues are now ha signing big contracts with the united states and have tv contracts what do you think well i think i think it's I, I think as far as um you know league one really didn't get a lot of press you, you pretty much have psg Monaco, you have two or three teams that right. win it every year the, the league is not one of the stronger ones in europe and this really kind of continues to tilt it that way to where it, it continues to not be a strong league with just one team right. um, dominating. But I, I like the fact that, yeah, we can watch more leagues here in the United States more readily available than just on some obscure um, cable channels. As far as the dollars, they've always had big dollars over there. I don't think this dollar mark should really surprise anyone, nor does it really affect, they don't have a salary cap. I guess in, in La Liga, they have that, that cap, but, you know, the other leagues don't necessarily have one. That's why you have such a disparity between the top right, and the bottom. Right, right. Yeah. You think PSG makes a U.S. tour next year and shows off Messi to North America? Um, you know, he's been here with Barcelona, so it's not like he's never taken the tour when all these teams come over for their summer training camp. Um, you know, if they're allowed to, I, I absolutely think they, they come with Neymar and, and Messi uh, on the same team, just like, again, Barcelona did. Well, I'm yeah. gonna put in. For, I'm gonna that. put in. I for have it. no idea where PS that came from. It's just PSG. PSG versus the Sounders next year. Yeah, let's make it happen. I want so to go see games with uh, now. <laughs> I went to go see games uh, when I lived in uh, Los Angeles for a little while. I saw uh, David Beckham's first game with Galaxy when they played against Chelsea. You know, I'm a Chelsea fan. I've, I've seen AC Milan. I've seen Real Madrid and the Los Galacticos. You know, all against. The galaxy and the galaxy got their uh, their butts handed to them, but yeah, that's kind of the point, right? Yeah, you're, well, we're not going to get you're better. You're going to stay in the to see these the other US. guys, not your home, not the home team. Yeah, we're we're not going to get better in the U.S. if we don't have real challenges. And yeah, that's all part challenges. of U.S. soccer taking yeah. U.S. soccer seriously. Yep. Mm -hmm. Boom. There you go. So, guys, I want to give a face-off uh, kind of a thing. I'm going to play a soundbite uh, from another sports show, and I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know if you heard about Skip Bayless and Jenny Taft having a pretty heated exchange. Did you guys hear that story? Skip Bayless was commenting on Cowboys head coach uh, Mike McCarthy and his physical appearance because he's a big boy. He said he was a little heavy. He said that's not his preference for head coach in the NFL because it meant he couldn't motivate his players. Well, uh, his co-host there, well, uh, 
I guess she's Jenny Taft isn't really a co-host. She's more of the moderator, which tends to be the this uh, this is setting up the story. It tends to be the way sports shows are there's right. one female but you like do a here. much better job than she does michelle Let but i'm not a moderator i'm well let's talk about this i'm i'm, I'm a commentator as well um you're an instigator so i'm an instigator um and this is the my michelle live show so you don't have uh, <laughs> you don't have a lot of um shows where there's a woman talking sports women have had to kind of break in and it's been a slow ride right um and i'm wondering if if uh jenny was a male would he have treated her different i'm going to show this to our listening and viewing audience you guys can hear the audio here we go i don't think that's a fair shot is everyone who's a good coach as fit as you Mm. skip I don't think that's a fair shot uh, whatsoever. I wouldn't want, I said it was a personal preference. I wouldn't want him to be my head coach. That have not had the yeah. perfect ideal physique, including yeah. my college coach. Mm. So I don't think that's a fair mm. shot. Okay. And I'm allowed Next. to have an opinion, yep. Skip. I am allowed mm-hmm. to say whatever okay. I want to say on this show, okay, as you do too. Guys. We're mm-hmm. 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 Kind of just, is, is that uh, was, was that offensive to you? Was that just something that happens on? I, I mean, it's, was he it's Skip Bayless. I mean, what? <laughs> it's Skip, Skip Bayless. Bayless. So I'm not right? sure what. I, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that why anyone would expect like respectful behavior from him towards anyone. So I, I, I don't know. I, I would prefer if you're actually going to de- have a debate about something to actually debate instead of just blow someone off um, like that, mm, that has uh, yeah okay I, i'm sorry but, brent next um what yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you just it's all part of, man. we we know that those one of the things about those shows is that they are they are really heavily scripted and heavily um i'll just say heavily scripted that's our and problem we have skip, we barely ha- know what we're going to talk about before we get on the air oh right? no Oh no, we're we're not going we're not going there. That's why Rich that's why Rich does as good a job as he possibly can to uh, yep. send Without in ideas you, for the gang just, every for yeah. the gang Free every week. All. I want I want to show off our intelligence side so that we don't have to resort to Skip Bayless or no script and no Colin budget. the coward every week. I mean those show those shows are not meant to raise your sports IQ. If anything, they dumb down your sports IQ and they insult the sports world. I'll just flat out say it. I don't I don't care if it's Skip Bayless. I don't care if it's Stephen A. Smith, who has a problem with certain people who have uh, talks about certain coaches who have white privilege, but he has no problem with certain uh, black coaches getting a getting a help from a friend to get a job Uh, we talked about that when uh, steve nash got a job in the nba uh stephen a smith was all over was all over that but if a brother helps out a brother he's got no problem with that but what do i what do i know stephen a smith doesn't have any standards skip bayless sometimes doesn't have any standards so why are we paying attention to these guys when their shows aren't even that really that relevant or that entertaining well, and for me, it's it's a matter of the perpetuation of um, females in sports reporting. Let Jenny talk. 
she's probably got something to say, but the tradition is you have a bunch of sports guys talking sports, and then you have one hot chick that's there that says, we're going to talk about this next. Right? Well, I'm, I ESP, then ESPN needs to talk, needs to work on, and all these other sports networks really need to work on diversity. Oh, and I'm what? And I'm going to bring it and I'm going to and I'm going to bring this and I'm going to bring this up. Um, ESPN started on September 9th, 1979 with anchor George Grant. And not to put myself in the spotlight, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just get there. Spotlight. How many how many play by play announcers has ESPN hired with a disability of any kind Ooh. in their entire history. They did not hire a play-by-play announcer with a disability until 2016. Jason Jason Benetti, who also does Chicago White Sox play-by-play, Major League Baseball, and he also did some Olympics play-by-play for baseball along with Eduardo Perez. He is the first one, not until 2016. Now, if ESPN is all hot for diversity, how come it took until 2016 for that to happen, but they have no problem talking about how racist America is and how sexist America is every week? Well, you know, diversity is only reserved for certain categories, so... <laughs> See, no, what it what it is is moral convenience. Agree, Brett. Right. Agreed. And doing the right and doing the right thing is not a convenience; it is a requirement. Oof. We have. Wow. We have Who to, gets the drop the mic award for for the week? We have, to, we have to be be We have to be better than we have to be better than this. Good for you. What moral do we call? What do we call? What do we? What do we do? If we think everyone is equal, then we must equally be at odds with anything that is against what God says. Against what God says and promote what is promote what is right. That's why he's that's why God's word says to to lift people up. You know, and that's why we're going to talk about the God story this week, this week and every week on this show. We're encur- we're encouraging people to run the race. You got to run Speaking the you got to run the, ra- the race. You got to run the race toward the goal. I want to tell you these are on my Michelle Live our sports timeout. Run the race. Keep the faith. Nice. Looking good. Looking Ta-da. good. Yeah. How come it's not on my doorstep? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Shipping and handling. I. Yeah. Maybe ESPN. <laughs> ESPN intercepted it because I'm going to tell you exactly uh, why because I think I ordered the wrong size for you and then you said you needed a a smaller size I was like with those muscles are you sure okay all right fine I'll take your word for it I'm I'm kind of a Marge a Marge (laughs) kind of a Marge okay I'll keep that in mind no they don't NFL welcome back oh it's been a long year oh my gosh football and then we are I want to welcome you to week two preseason games and Steelers had a pretty handy win over the Cowboys we had the Washington the 
team formerly known as the uh, yeah Patriots. The Washington Nobodies. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, I still like to call them the X the, the X skins, but. So we're going to have uh, so, some more games this evening. Uh, Seahawks tomorrow night against the Raiders in Las Vegas. Oh, my gosh, guys. I'm Place so your excited. bets now. So excited about football this year, and I think it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, but, again, when we get into some of the weird stuff happening and controversy, there was uh, <laughs> Green Bay Packers wide receiver. Oh, my gosh. Devin Fungo, right. You know, yeah, he he was talking about how everyone looks with their masks on, and he made an kind of an uh, uh, he he created a faux pas. It just wasn't a cool thing to say at a press conference. So let me go ahead, put this up on the screen so you can watch him and see for yourself. I like smiling. No, I'm not going to tell you smiling. I see the face. I can see the face. Everybody go tinky, and that's when I know it's 100%. It's all good. It's been a while for you to be Yeah, okay, so... All he's all chinky is what he said, and he was, you know, making reference to um, Asians, and it just wasn't... Well, a, I never actually heard what he said. In the he article, said, it, it sipped that out, so yeah, I didn't know I'm, what he actually said. I wanted to yeah, play see, it because you can't see it. You can't find it anywhere. They just said it was a slang. And, you know, you just mm-hmm. want to know, okay, was it? Or w- what really happened? So he used the word chinky. And he made a... And it was just, you know, that's... It's just... it. Why even kinda, go there, man? Yeah, just... Yeah. Why even it's go silly. there, man? It's kind of silly. It's a stereotype. It's, a, it's an outright stereotype. And it's not okay. And it was a racist remark. And... It, to a degree, by our standards of what racism is, um, but then again, we've had that conversation that black people can't be racist. So, what do what does the media do with that? What does the woke community do with that, guys? Well, I think that's the interesting question here, Michelle. Because if you watch that clip, and I've seen that clip, and I've seen other people talk about that clip, nobody in the press conference talked to him, said anything. They all sat there and watched that happen. These these same people who are telling people how to live, when to get a shot, when to say something, when not to say something, these same people sat there and he and they said nothing. And these and some of these people are the same people that stare at me when I'm in a wheelchair. I'll just say that too. Yeah, these guys are phonies. Yeah, that's true. They're phonies. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. In fact, uh, one experience that I had with Rich at a press conference we were covering, um, they held their press conference up a up a hill in soggy uh, grass. Now, how are you going to get a wheelchair up? that and so you know rich and i are trying to you know make sure that he's maneuvered while the rest of the press just kind of walked aside and then stood in front of him even though he was in the front row you know that's the same press and i think you've got a point there rich yeah and next time i wish you would tell me what you really think don't hold that (laughs) yeah oh football season's coming so uh Rich 2.0 will be here soon enough. 
<laughs> Any thoughts on week one, that's guys? That's the shirt I want. I want a Rich 2.0 shirt. <laughs> Matt, what do you what do you think about what I just what do you think about what I just said? Am I just am I just making myself the whole story here, or no, am I? Man, you thinking? are uh, you are a thousand percent correct. As we we talk about diversity, right? Diversity is what they choose that they want to see as diverse. It's, diversity is really not about everybody, you know, and, and making sure all disabilities, all races, everything like that is, is included. It's what sells, what sells. And if uh, being anti-Asian doesn't sell, then they just kind of sweep that underneath the, the rug and let, let's move on because that's not part of the current rhetoric that's out there. Ooh, selective outrage selective outrage is well, what we do i'm and gonna bring this there's something that's cool to be cool, cool to be go ahead Brent. about you can make a lot of money just just picking apart people who violate this specific standard so again we've seen it um we've seen it with some of the anti-asian violence where you don't see listed it, it's interesting when there's a crime you see like the descript the physical description of who perpetrated who the suspects were and oftentimes when an asian person's been attacked you don't find out who the race is of the person who did the attacking because a lot of times they haven't been white and so that doesn't fit the, per the rhetoric so rich to your point i mean I, I i know you've dealt with it in other places too like where you've been places where a press box is up a ladder and you don't you know mm -hmm. and that's where you need to be and how are you supposed to get there you know stuff like that gets ignored because it's not it's not cool it's not profitable not sexy um, sorry it, it's not you're sexy. not sexy oh. enough apparently yeah. only your oh. wife thinks well so. maybe we should maybe we should have my wife on the show and maybe she yeah, can she'll talk tell you she'll tell <laughs> you she'll set you straight i know she will good for her good for her <laughs> and you know anymore that, that's you're not making the story all about you anymore than I am in saying there's a frustration in how women can be treated as reporters as well. So, uh, the, to your point, Rich, the whole wokeness and self-congratulatory atmosphere that reporting even in sports conducts and for themselves is absolutely hypocritical when people like you and I look and say, wait a minute. Uh, Rich, you had sent a a story and this is to rich's point too for those of you who are listening rich is the man who keeps us all in check he sends us uh, reminders he sends us you know stories here's some things to talk about love you for that rich you you do keep us in line but you sent a story about the uh, w the wba um the world boxing association for our fans out there who might not know that acronym uh, Go ahead, Michelle. Sent, yeah, they sent out uh, a, a suspension to Judge Gloria Martinez Rizzo, and it had to do with uh, racist tweets. Well, actually, scoring and racist treat, tweets uh, recently. Um, let's well. talk about the first part of this. They they had a boxing match recently on Fox for the interim welterweight championship, and she sent in a very unusual uh, scorecard, let's say, that really did not reflect the flow of the action is the best way that I can put it. So the head of the WBA and some of the other uh, judges and some of the other people involved in administration uh, said that doesn't look too good. And so we're going to put this decision aside 
And then they conveniently also found in a Twitter account from 2020 racist tweets. Now, what I want to know about this, if that was her account in 2020, why weren't you looking at that account in 2020? People's Twitter accounts just don't magically appear and disappear or fall on the floor. Matt, this is another bad look for boxing. Boxing looks like a bunch of idiots with stuff like this. They do, and that's why UFC is blowing by them in ratings and money and, and everything else out there. Uh, boxing is kind of the old man's sport in, in a sense now. Uh, I, I didn't really... Until you said that story, I didn't know anything about it, but that's all I can say. You know, UFC is, is plugged in. They've plugged into what's going on now, and boxing is not, and boxing is being left behind. And UFC also has freedom of thought, politically, personally, spiritually, any way that you can want to slice it, they pretty much have freedom of thought. Mm. Yeah, I will, I will say if you have, if you have um, scoring anomalies and somebody... I mean, this isn't like something from 20, 2003 on MySpace. This is something from last year that she posted. It's like, so if you have bad scoring going on and you have somebody that's a year ago feeling bold enough to post racist tweets, um, you put those two together and you've got a real toxic mix. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have no problem with them to take it or out. Um, whatever's going on there you, you don't want that kind of thing i mean imagine i mean it's boxing so the people aren't talking about it but if you had you know if you had you know a prominent nfl official making racist tweets last year and then you're seeing all sorts of weird flags thrown during during games there would be a lot more talk about it than yes we're there would now. I got another question for you guys, and I'll go back to the subject Michelle brought up with Devin Funches. I'm going to drop that bomb, too, here and ask this question as we get toward the end of the show. If Devin Funches is white, is he still on the Green Bay Packers? Ooh. Wow. Well, you know, I thought about that as well. No. The answer is no. The answer is no. Yeah. We'd be hearing a lot more. We'd be hearing a lot more about this. Uh, no joke and that's where we're at and, right now that's where we really and I need hope to is... examine the world and look at what's really happening and and just go come on people this is not okay that's, that's why I said why did he even go there man well why you know what? Uh, a sin is a sin and we're all inclined to do it as we like to divide ourselves and demonize uh, the mm-hmm. other side. We don't really realize that we all suffer from a human condition. And that's really at the heart of finding the God story and a deeper hope. Um, it's time for us to get to our final shot, guys. Final shot. We go around the round table, bring out a subject, a, a person, a story that uh, we just want to give a final look at, a final shout out for. We're going to start with Brent. Boy, if you haven't watched the Field of Dreams game last night, you need to go back and watch that. If you're a baseball fan, if you had, especially if you watched the Field of Dreams movie, 
what the Yankees and White Sox, Major League Baseball, um, whatever the organization is that does the, runs that whole thing in Iowa where they filmed the Field of Dreams movie. That was just an amazing thing. Um, if you haven't watched it, the basically the, they did an opening, which very much uh, went back to the movie. They had Kevin Costner there with a bit of an overdramatic speech. But, you know, when you have the players coming out of the cornfield and the outfield onto the field before the introductions, um, it was just, you know, there were chills for that. And then the game, I mean, the game, they could not have scripted that better. Um, when you have a four run comeback by one team in the top of the ninth to take the you lead and then another, right. another team, you know, home runs into the cornfields in the outfield, <laughs> walk off with fireworks, which is more like the natural than field of dreams. But, you know, it was just, and I don't care about either of those teams. I, um, but it was just something, um, there was something magical about that, that we've not had a lot of in sports in recent years. So it was sort of the, the opposite of watching the Olympics, uh, just really cool. So everyone involved with that, I even have to say Fox sports, they, they nailed it pretty good too. So that was a lot of fun. I like well, it. it helps when you concentrate on the game actually. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you actually really concentrate on the game. Yeah. It's amazing. Rich Hallstrom, final shot. I am going to go back to the Olympics one more time for something great. Let's not overlook this. Seven straight gold medals by the USA women's basketball team. Yeah, that's pretty uh, spectacular. Sue Bird wins five. Di Diana Taurasi won wins five gold medals. Last appearance for Sue Bird in Olympic uniform. Don Staley deserves consideration. If Becky Hammond concern considers is considered for consideration for an NBA job, Don Staley deserves it consideration for an nba job because she's one of the best women's basketball coaches in america period matt just one of the best coaches period final my shot. final shot is actually nothing to do with sports uh this time 30 years ago today metallica released the black album like it or not like it metallica <laughs> black album has really transformed music in rock and roll um for a whole new generation and and brought heavy metal Maybe you love it, maybe you don't love it, but it transformed the way artists put out albums on top of that. So uh, I remember I was 16 years old when I first uh, was in the car listening to it. Ooh, here comes a new Metallica album. Here comes a new Metallica song. And they played Inner Sandman. And uh, everyone knows that song from of, of all ages. So three years ago today, Classic. Black Album. Well, oh, Lars yeah. Ulrich works for this show because he once thought about becoming a professional tennis player. Well, there you go. That's We're right. glad that he became a drummer instead. <laughs> there we go. Uh, my final shot kind of goes out to unity. There is a lot of brokenness in the United States. And uh, there's a kind of a cool news story about Patrick Mahomes getting advice from Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers reaching out and saying, hey, even though he's already won a Super Bowl, how much advice do you need? He said, hey, you don't know. You don't realize we talk to each other. And he said, I just wanted to you know, get some advice. Uh, someone who's been down the road i i love that story because of the unity you know you're on different teams you're your competitors but in the end we're all playing 
the same game, right? And in America, we may be on different sides. Uh, we may be rooting for different teams, but in the end, we're all part of the same team. So that's where my shout out goes and a shout out to um, my cohorts today, Brent Baker, Rich Hallstrom, Matt Peel. Thank you guys for joining us today. And you, thank you very much for making My Michelle Live part of your day. You know, you can go to MyMichelleLive.com. When you go there, you can scroll to the bottom of the page. Now, I mean, I'm just going to show you. Super easy. Go to MyMichelleLive.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. Past all the cool merch stuff that you can get. Past the here's all of our podcasts you can listen to. Past the hey, find out more and... Uh, about the show and even meet some of our guys with our contributors all the way to the bottom where you can sign up for our mailing list and be on the know. Make a difference. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being part of the show today. You know I love y'all. Thanks, Michelle. We'll catch you you next time. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com. Thank you.